Pastor Michael, as many call you. Welcome to the Disciple Henson Podcast. Welcome back. It's so good to be here again, Dan. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. So, Michael, we're, we were up late last night. We were. And uh, we're hopped up on some caffeine. Um, listeners, you might want to increase the speed in case we're a little slower than usual to 1.5 speed, but we're going to try to think about uh, 2021, the new year that is upon us, and look forward to this year as a church. We did spend some time, I think it was a couple Sunday evenings ago, Michael, looking back at 2020, uh, thanking God for all that we saw him do, even though it was a very hard year. We recognize that actually we have a lot to be thankful for. We saw God at work. He preserved us as a church. Um, now, though, we want to look forward to, to this year, and uh, I thought it'd be really helpful to have you just kind of talk to the church uh, family in this format and uh, and hear your thoughts on some of your, your prayers and your hopes for 2021. Um, as we hope to have some semblance of returning to normal. Um, we're, we're so thankful that more people can come and gather Amen. and celebrate the ordinances. What a, what a blessing. Um, so anyways, yeah, I thought this would be a helpful first kind of episode of 2021 here at the Disciple Henson Podcast. Um, let me start with you personally. Okay. As you think about, you know, I mean, in some sense, it's arbitrary when the calendar year flips over. But do you personally, how do you think about that in your own just life in terms of resolutions or goals at the start of a new year and maybe anything in particular for 2021? How do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I'm, I've am i never been one for doing uh, New Year's resolutions. Okay. That's just, as, as a rule, I've not done that. Did you think Jonathan Edwards was in sin for having all those resolutions? No, actually, I, I, I love that little volume yeah. where, where those are all listed out. Um, of course, they weren't New Year's resolutions. They were more like life resolutions. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, that uh, I am doing this year, for, for, for a number of years, but not in 2020, uh, I would sit down every Monday morning and think through my goals for the week uh, in, sev- in a bunch of different categories. I basically tried to think through God's call on my life. First as a disciple, and then as a husband, and then as a dad, uh, as a son, uh, as a supervisor of people, and as an elder. So six different categories. And I would just write down in my journal, how do I want to move the ball down the field this week in each of those callings in my life? So I had had these sort of like weekly resolutions. Now that totally dropped off in 2020 for a variety of reasons. So if I have a resolution in 2021, it's to resume my weekly resolutions. <laughs> I think that's a great resolution. And it's funny, I just, uh, I often read, I don't know how much it's helped me, but I often read a productivity book kind of at the end of 20, uh, the end of the, end of the calendar year, year yeah, sure. or at the beginning of, of the new year. And uh, one of the big points that the one I read this last uh, a few weeks ago was think about your life in seven hot spots, hmm. and it was basically what you just described. Right, and think about doing what you said. So uh, that guy, I guess, beat you to the punch and getting he, the royalties for th- that there idea. It is. I don't, I don't need yeah. royalties. So, so I'm, I'm restarting that. I'm also like every year thinking, okay, I'm going to eat healthier. Mm. I'm going to exercise more, and I have actually started on both of those things. Today's lunch, notwithstanding. Um, <laughs> Uh, but beyond that, uh, I mean, the goal is faithfulness, right? Yeah. So whatever is going to help this year toward that end. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
one of the conversations I've had a good bit in the church over the last year is just hearing how spiritual disciplines were thrown out of whack in 2020 due to all the challenges of the pandemic. You have, you know, kids not being in school, you're working from home, just all the rhythms just being off. Any just thoughts or advice on renewing commitment to personal and family prayer and scripture reading? How can we be faithful and drawing near to God in prayer and his word in this new year? Just any advice in general for us? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I experienced the same thing, mm-hmm. right, uh, as we all did. Spiritual disciplines work in part because they're just, because of the rhythm of our lives. Mm-hmm. The rhythm of our lives got thrown off this last year, and so for many of us, our spiritual disciplines were thrown off as well. And I think many of us, well, we experienced different things. I know for me, what became much more difficult to maintain was prayer, regular time yeah. in personal prayer. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's because I've got a full house and there's just more distractions. Uh, my sleep schedule changed. Lots of things changed. I think the thing when it comes to disciplines is to remember that the goal one of our goals needs to be resiliency, mm. right? We mm-hmm. want to be resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe the way spiritual disciplines worked for me last year uh, is, is it working this year. The goal isn't to recreate what worked last year. The goal is faithfulness in prayer and in Bible intake. Uh, and so I need to be willing to reinvent the wheel a little bit and, and figure out, okay, how can those disciplines fit into the rhythms of life as they're being given, given to me now? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are lots of things about our lives that we're not easily able to control. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to encourage people not to beat themselves up mm-hmm. uh, to, to, and, and to not feel like, oh, it has to be this one way you know, two years ago, I had it all set and it worked perfectly this one way and I've got to get back to that. No, you don't. You don't have to get back to that. Uh, the, the goal is to think through your life as it is now mm-hmm. and how can those things then fit in and, and restart in the current contour of your life and expect it to change and, and go yeah. ahead and, and plan on it. It's going to change. Six months from now, the contours are going to look different again. Mm-hmm. So, so the goal of resilience, being able to roll with the punches, uh, and yeah, it looks different, but I'm carrying on, uh, is I think much more healthy and realistic than a, a, a kind of search for the pristine, perfect rhythm. Yeah, my uh, somewhere my wife is, is smiling right now to herself because that's a good word for me. <laughs> I think uh, even recently, it was like a non-negotiable for me that I'm waking up at 5 a.m. to have my devotions. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, that if I'm doing that at kind of every morning without fail, I'm not a very faithful father and husband in the evenings. Right, because you're tired and grumpy. If, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so rolling with the punches, that's a... That's a good word. Any um, any practical tools that you found helpful, though, when it comes to like Bible reading, prayer journals, podcasts, audio Bible, praying out loud, anything that you just say is maybe something that would be helpful to try if, that, if this area of spiritual disciplines, particularly scripture intake and prayer, has been a challenge and you're looking for maybe um, a new approach. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's actually one of the key things, right? If, if what has been working 
in the past isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Try something new and different. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some wonderful resources out there, and I tend to find myself rotating through them. Okay. Uh, so sometimes I'll use uh, a devotional guide like uh, Voices from the Past mm-hmm. or D.A. Carson's For the Love of God or Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's there's a, a volume that is similar to Voices from the Past, which focuses on the Puritans, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, focuses instead on the Church Fathers. Hmm. Um, What's that one called? Do you remember? No. Well, I'll put it in the in the notes. We'll, we'll get it in the notes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'll find myself moving back and forth amongst those. Uh, some people find getting uh, like Crossway recently has come out with some new Bibles that are designed to be devotional reading Bibles through the year, mm-hmm. wide margins so mm-hmm. that you can take notes. So something like that could be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am really enjoying a new podcast that uh, Nine Marks is putting out called Bible Talk. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, it started a while ago, and I wasn't listening to it, and I've recently just started it. And uh, it's three guys talking about the Bible. They began with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and they are just working their way slowly forward. Uh, thinking about some of the major themes and developments of Scripture. Uh, it's Jim Hamilton and Sam Amadi and Alex Duke. And uh, yes, I listened to it on at least one and a half, if not double speed, because um, they're long. But they're really rich. Hmm. Uh, and so so maybe something like that would be helpful. Or, or just getting the Bible on... Well, I would say on tape because I'm that old, but whatever it is now. Yeah, <laughs> you get in your get, Bible app. Get, or, get, get yeah. a, an uh-huh. audio recording of Scripture. And if you're finding it difficult to find time reading Scripture in the morning, um, but you do know that I'm going to be washing the dishes or doing yep. the laundry or driving the kids to this place or that, uh, listen to Scripture while, mm-hmm. while you're doing something else. I- anything that will just, you know, introduce something new and, and maybe help jumpstart. Yeah. I think it's useful. That's helpful. Uh, personally, I've been helped by Dr. Grant Horner. I actually don't know anything about that guy, but he has a nice Bible reading plan that I've used for the last few years. If you want to um, look that up, it's got like 10 lists. I used to do all 10 lists in the morning, so like 10 different chapters of scripture, but I re- recognized that I wasn't meditating on scripture like I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just doing half. I do the first five and then I do the other half, and it's just got you in a bunch of different places in Scripture. And I want to, um, I want to put a word in for meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Bible reading plans, but mm-hmm. oftentimes the yeah. goal is we're going to get through the whole Bible in a year. Right. We're going to get through, you, you know, and so it's a destination is the goal, and sometimes that can get in the way of meditation. So the church knows that that recently I, I started trying to write a devotion for my kids mm-hmm. each morning, and I don't do it every morning, like. Because of the late night last night, I didn't do it this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to do those. And what those devotions do for me is they force me to slow down yeah. and just yeah. meditate on the text for 15 minutes yeah. rather than making progress. And I found that to be really rich. Yeah, that that's a good word, once again. Um, another spiritual discipline that we want to think about and kind of transition to for the, for the rest of our time is uh, gathering with the church. We know from Hebrews 10 that we're not to neglect the gathering, as some are in the habit of doing, as mm-hmm. Hebrews 10 says. Do you want to just remind us briefly why it is so important to our spiritual life that we gather with the church? 
Well, I think that's exactly right. It is, it's not just a command. It is crucial to our lives as Christians. We were not made to follow Christ by ourselves. We were not made to have a, a private relationship with the Lord. Uh, from the very beginning, God designed uh, his, his salvation, His redemption, to be a redemption of a people, corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it, it's simply just the, the case that the gathered church is a means of grace in our lives. God uses the corporate, the, 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 the body of Christ, to form us into the image of Christ. So we've just been talking about this private, this individual, personal spiritual disciplines, but the corporate spiritual disciplines of gathered worship, of, of prayer, mm-hmm. the church gathering to pray together, to confess the faith together, to sing the praises of God together, are absolutely crucial in our discipleship. And I think one of the things that the, the current season has obscured for us is that, of course, you know, through through the wonders of modern technology and, and YouTube and the live streaming that we're able to do, we've been able to continue to deliver the, the content of Scripture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the preaching can, has has gone out every Sunday since the pandemic began. began. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've, we've been able to continue to feed God's people, God's Word. But church is so much more than hearing a sermon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, it's that gathering together and, and hearing God's Word together, uh, and then allowing that Word that we've heard together to inform and impact the way we engage one another. It's worshiping the Lord in in song and in praise and in prayer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there are things that happen when we are together in those activities that simply do not happen when I'm alone in my basement family room mm-hmm. uh, watching it on a live stream. Now that live stream is better than nothing mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. but the people of God aren't shaping me. Mm-hmm. in that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm simply experiencing it by myself. Yeah, yeah. I have three follow-up questions. Great. And I didn't prepare you for all of these, so t- feel free to take a minute. One is um, how to think about the health risk um, of, of gathering with the church, especially if uh, someone is older or immune-compromised. Um, how, how do you think about that as a Christian um, related to conscience and other things? Okay, second is... Uh, the thought, well, actually, I, I tend to get more out of the service if I am at home on YouTube. I can I can kind of slow down. I don't have all the distractions around me. I can really focus in on the Word and worship better at home than I can uh, going to all the hassle of going to church. You kind of already started to address that mm-hmm. issue. But a third um, kind of thought is... What if uh, I think, okay, I hear everything you're saying um, about gathering with the church. I see it's a command in Hebrews 10, and I see how it's important to, to, to do that. But under the current circumstances, like, we can't really talk in the auditorium. Everybody's wearing masks. I kind of feel like I'm just coming to the service, and then I just kind of leave and go home, and I wasn't really shaped by the people of God in the way that you're describing. Um, so let's just take one at a time. You want to do the health risk first? Yeah, I mean, we'll, okay. we'll start with the health. Okay. I mean, obviously, I, I think that's a matter of conscience. Uh, yeah. it, it's going to be different for different people. And uh, your, your pastors and elders are going to trust you 
uh, and your conscience and your wisdom to make good decisions for you and for your family. I do think it's important that we remember that there's no such thing as a risk-free life, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and there's a cost to pursuing a risk-free life, Mm -hmm. and it's a cost we don't want to pay. But uh, I wouldn't begin to presume to tell people what risks they must or must not take. So if you are immunocompromised, if you've got underlying health conditions, if you're uh, of a certain age, it might be very wise for you to to continue to refrain uh, from attending, Uh, to take advantage of the live stream, or to attend less frequently under more controlled circumstances, mm. maybe some of the smaller services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think we're going to trust you to, to make those decisions. I would encourage you, don't make them alone. Mm-hmm. Pull in some, some trusted counselors, some wise friends, mm-hmm. some peers, maybe people older, younger than you, whatever, uh, and talk it through, mm-hmm. because we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that that certainly is is a decision that each each person's going to have to make. Yeah. Now, in terms of the people that find that they actually get more out of the service, uh, just being able to be at home, mm-hmm. um, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I'm I'm married to an introvert. Uh, I've got introverted kids. Mm-hmm. I know I have one uh, child who is loving school more because it's virtual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the pressure and the crush and the press of the social aspect of school has been largely, you know, taken off their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I totally understand that. I think what I would say back, though, is, of course, based on what I was saying earlier about why it's so important for us to gather, it's about more than what you get out of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole point of the gathering for church is not just what we get but what we give, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and the way in which we are shaped by the people around us, and are able to uh, build into the people around us. Mm-hmm. If church was just about getting as much as you can out of mm-hmm. the sermon, mm-hmm. then yeah, they're they're probably better delivery vehicles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for some people. Mm-hmm. But church is so much more than that. Yeah, um, and so I want to encourage that person who feels that to to press against the implicit consumeristic mindset Mm -hmm. that says, I get more out of it this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember, oh, but but you're not giving more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're part of part of it is we're we're called to give. Now yeah. that then leads into that third question. Oh, but it's so hard to give. Yeah. Right? Uh relationally and personally. Mm-hmm. Because I look around the room and I'm not even recognizing some of the people that I know, even mm-hmm. though they're sitting right there, because mm-hmm. a mask is covering their mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. And when it's all over, we've got to leave quickly and we're standing mm-hmm. in the parking lot and Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. I find that masks inhibit me from wanting to go up and talking to, talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You're afraid they might rob you. Well, <laughs> I mean it's just I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, Who is that? It's I think and it's some of it's just that social fear. Sure. Maybe I think it's this person, but it's actually this other person. And, yeah. Um, or you just can't even read their like what what they're think or what what they're doing. You that's know, right. From that's there. right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I and I it feels more intrusive. Right. I'm like I'm going right. to kind of like press in and force. Yeah. No, I think that I totally understand that. I feel mm-hmm. that every single Sunday, mm-hmm. and I think that's where uh, for this season, God is calling us to. Press in anyway, mm-hmm. be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, recognize that 
okay, it's not perfect. It's not as good as it has been in the past and will be in the future. Um, but I don't want the, what, what's that phrase? I don't want the, the, the perfect to be the enemy of the good. Like, it's mm-hmm. still good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there, there is still good to be had. And let's take as much as we can uh, from the from the opportunity, and e- even while we pray for better to come. Yeah, and I will say um, to the brothers and sisters at Henson listening, um, you don't know, we don't know the encouragement that you are giving by simply being present. I, I can't tell you, I, I mean, I, I almost started getting just emotional and, and tearing up here now, thinking about when we were singing Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners, this last Sunday, and I, I had the privilege of being kind of near the front, so that I, and I could kind of on the side, so I could look out on the congregation. And yeah, I there was a bunch of visitors that I didn't even know, but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking out, and I am able to recognize some people, and I see brothers and sisters worshiping our our Savior, and it just it just filled my my sails with with hope. Um, it just was is such an encouragement to see my church family again. Yeah, even though, right. yeah, I'm not able to maybe talk to them in, in quite the same way. I, I want to talk to so many more people than I'm able to. And, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think we always know what we are giving simply by being present and you know, or being an example for the for the next generation for uh, for one another. So oh, that's yeah. that's exactly right. I the. The um, the change in the last couple of weeks. So if you haven't been, yeah. for those of you that are listening, if you haven't been yet, the change in the last couple of weeks since the change in the regulations and rules that we're operating under has been dramatic. Mm-hmm. Because you can now actually hear the congregation sing. Yeah, yeah. And it's glorious. It's it not, is glorious. It's not as glorious as it was. Yeah. But it's it's glorious. And we're like we're slowly getting there. We I are. think we're getting our voice back. I think that's right. You know. All right. One of the things we've talked about is um, from the front is just getting back in good spiritual habits, strengthening muscles that maybe we once had. Um, and, uh, you know, it's maybe overwhelming to think about everything we once did as a church family. Maybe, maybe you are someone who is gathering for first hour, coming to the Sunday service, coming Sunday night, gathering for a small group. Doing one-on-one discipleship, doing men or a um, uh, men or women's Bible study, um, it might seem t- like overwhelming to s- kind of be starting up all those things again, even though all those things aren't really in motion yet. Right. You know, we, right. we we're still doing first hour over Zoom. Men's and women's Bible studies are more kind of scattered or um, over over the internet. Um. And, you know, I do think that pandemic did provide an opportunity for some of us to step back and say, yeah, we were too, like, just in general, maybe too busy. Mm-hmm. And um, and we kind of like stepping back, spending more time with the family, um, spending, you know, more time uh, meditating on scripture, maybe, you know, right, or right. Uh, getting to know your neighbors. Um, some good things came out of, I think, the pandemic, mm-hmm. I, I hope, for, for, for some of us. Um, any just words of advice on priorities for the new year um, when it comes to church, when it comes to family, when it comes to evangelism, because we can't we can't do it all, right? We can't, um, and sometimes we get discouraged and maybe just throw up our hands when we can't do all that we would like to. Um, I know that's a pretty general question, but what do you think? Yeah, so I think um, in terms of priority, um, 
I, I, it would probably be worthwhile for all of us to, to sit down and just even make a list of some of the new habits, some of the, the good things that began as a result of the pandemic that we don't want to lose as life over the course of this next year we trust returns back to something like normal. Because um, it will be hard to know what to prioritize if you haven't even thought through yeah. uh, what, what was, what's worth holding on to. Um, I know I know for me, one of the things that I, I do want to hold on to going forward is um, is just being present, right? Being present with my family when I'm with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, being being present with people when I'm with them because in the in the before times, it, it felt like no matter what, you were always half somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the pandemic has really brought that to to my mind. That said, uh, I, I think that the priority of public worship, of gathering with God's people, needs to be right there at the top of our list. Um, the, these are the people you're going to spend eternity with, mm. right? Yeah. And, and this is the main means that God has given us to shape us mm. and form us into the image of Christ. It's the main means that God's given us to preserve us in the faith mm-hmm. uh, and to encourage us in the midst of, of trials. He's mm-hmm. given us each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his presence is most clearly known among his people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where two or three are gathered in my name, mm-hmm. there I am among them. Um, I want to be where Jesus is, and Jesus is with his people gathered. So we want to make that a priority. Now, that is going to be hard for us. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be hard. Mm-hmm. I, I think of it in two different images came to my mind. Uh, on the one hand, we're like, I, I think many of us uh, are going to experience this, and we've used this analogy before, various staff, uh, we're, we're like an athlete that got injured and has been on the sidelines for six months. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to get out there and start working out again. And mm-hmm. the muscles are, I mean, the memory's there, but the strength's not there. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the flexibility is not there. Mm-hmm. The endurance isn't there. Um, I, uh, this is going to feel a little bit like rehab. When I had my shoulder surgery, my, after, I mean, the, the, soldier w- the shoulder was, was fixed and frozen. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it took months of painful work to get the shoulder you know, working again. That's a little bit of what we're going to experience. So we need to prioritize it knowing that we're not always going to want to do it and it's going to be painful sometimes. Mm-hmm. The other image that came to my mind um, was what often happens to a married couple when they have been separated for some length of time. When Adrian and I first got married, uh, I had a work commitment every year uh, that kept me away for three three, a little over three solid weeks. Hmm. Okay, so as a brand new married couple, Hmm. um, I'm gone for three weeks. And I would come home after those three weeks, or three and a half weeks, and we were both thrilled to see each other. And who is this stranger in my house? (laughs) 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 Because we had gotten used to being apart, even though we didn't like it. The same things happened to the church. Mm -hmm. We are so eager to see each other, but who are you? Mm -hmm. And, oh, that's annoying. And I kind of got used to not having you in my life. 
and letting you back into my life is going to be uh, awkward at times and annoying at times and inconvenient at times. And yet, just as a just as Adrian and I had covenanted with each other, we were married, so we did the hard work mm-hmm. to reunite. So we as a church over these coming months are going to have to do the hard work of reuniting. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feel, I think, very similar. We want to prioritize it, though. That's good. I just have two quick follow-up comments on what you just said as, as you were speaking. I thought of um, what we talked about just a few moments ago from Hebrews 10, the command that we often come back to, and it's sometimes maybe just because, you know, we look at that command in isolation, but we must remember the context of the entire book of Hebrews. It's don't give up. That's right. You know, press on, um, you know, look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and uh, punctuated by the warnings. And that and that command that we see in Hebrews 10 is to serve that kind of that end of, 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 you know, persevering to the end that we might be saved. That's right. Uh, the, the second one is the way you were talking about the church is kind of the main, one of the main means of God's grace. I couldn't help but of the book that you used to disciple me and others, Charles Bridges, the, the quote, the church is the mirror that reflects the whole effulgence, great word, effulgence of the divine character. It is the grand scene in which the perfections of Jehovah are displayed to the universe. That's right. Ephesians 3.10. That's right. The display the manifold of the wisdom. manifold wisdom of God. Yeah. All right, be thinking if I, in the, just the final moments that we have, if you have any final things that you want to uh, talk about. But um, let's just quick, you, you mentioned this Sunday night, but maybe not everybody mentioned it. Any books or topics that you plan to preach on in the coming year? What can we be looking forward to from the pulpit? Yeah, so uh, we're, we're getting ready to start a four-week series in Leviticus, um, and it's really a study in the identity of God's people. Who are we? Uh, we? We think of Leviticus as a book of lots of like arcane and detailed laws, many of which don't apply to us anymore, but in fact, Leviticus is telling us who we are mm. as the people of God. Mm. Uh, so we're going to start the year by thinking about our corporate identity hmm. as hmm. God's people. Then uh, I'm also going to uh, then preach on the book of Revelation, uh, starting in February, taking us all the way through May. And on Easter Sunday, we'll be somewhere in the middle of the book of Revelation. With the, with the bowls of judgment? Oh, Happy Easter. No, we are yeah. not going to be in the bowls of judgment okay. on Easter. It's going to be better than that. I did actually give some thought to where we'd be on Easter Sunday. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're going to look at the book of Revelation. And uh, one of the, it was I needed to be in my pattern. Uh, it's time to be in a general epistle. And uh, I thought, you know, this would be a good year for us to be reminded that God's in charge. Mm. Yeah. That, that he is in charge of history, Amen. and he is leading it to the end that he has designed for history. I thought that might be encouraging for the church. And I think it'll be a good reminder for us all w- what the main idea of Revelation is. It's actually not finally about some of the things that we sometimes get hot and bothered by. It's about the victory of the Lamb. It's about the victory of the Lamb. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, I also hope to do a series on gender and identity when we are all gathering again as normal. I yeah. don't want to do that. I was going to do that. Um, I had planned that series. The pandemic hit. I decided I don't want to do that over YouTube. But So that's still in the works. Uh, I would also like for us to create some opportunities to talk 
honestly and lovingly with each other about some of the topics that have been really difficult for mm. our society this mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's been a few years. I'd like us to, to think together again ab- about race and racism. I'd like us to be able to talk about um, what it means for us as Christians to live in a pluralistic society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love it if, for our church if those kinds of topics could become... Um, less fraught mm-hmm. uh, personally. Yeah, and less like every time someone says something about one of those topics, we're just looking for trigger words to get offended by. That's right. Yeah, That's right. And I think one of the ways that happens is if we talk about some of it more, mm-hmm. but in a, in a more um, uh, a biblical frame mm-hmm. rather than a political frame mm-hmm. or a, 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 a social frame. Yeah, and with a lot of humility and grace and yeah. seeking to understand, assuming the best rather than always, oh, yeah. you're on that side. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So not, nothing planned for sure on that, but I know that uh, uh, if, if the people of God can't talk about these sorts of issues with one another, then who can, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good. Well, we'll be looking forward to those things. Oh, and you've given me the opportunity to preach a few times in the spring. I have. You are preaching. And I'm hoping to do a short occasional series on how to pray. So I'm looking forward to that. We're also going to hear from uh, Todd Miles. He's going to preach. Excellent. Um, Maybe just final question, just any hopes and prayers for Hinson in the new year or anything else you want to say to conclude our time together, Michael? You know, my... my, prayer for Henson this last year has been that, that God would preserve us. Um, as I look out into this new year and we see hope on the horizon of things maybe getting back to normal uh, or some semblance thereof, um, my, my prayer for Henson is that when we have gathered once again fully, and the masks are off, and we actually see each other again fully, um, that we will be uh, rejoicing over the evidence of God's faithfulness to our church. Because the church is going to look different. Mm -hmm. Um, There are going to be a bunch of new faces that people haven't seen before (laughs) um, for all sorts of reasons. And there are going to be some faces that aren't there. Um, for a variety of reasons. And yet, even though the church is, I think, going to look different once we can see ourselves again, uh, what I hope we see and what I pray that we see is the evidence of God being faithful to build His church. Uh, I am deeply hopeful that uh, as a result of the pandemic, as a result of this political season that we've been through, as trying as it's been, uh, that the church will have come out stronger, Hmm. uh, more committed to the sufficiency of Christ and his gospel, more committed uh, to the sufficiency of his word uh, for our corporate life together. Well, maybe so. We can pray to that end. Amen. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Thank you.